Well, I found myself the other day watching a Western with John, one of those rainy days where you turn on the television. It uh, took me all the way back to Saturdays watching Westerns with my dad. Um, those, those old timey Westerns filled with simple lies about Indians and cowboys and who were the good people and the bad people. Well, this one was unforgiven, not quite so simple, more complicated, like the ethnic struggles that happened on the Western Plain as folks ran West to try to claim some of the territory that yes, they had not discovered, but that they had stolen. It was a little more complicated. Um, there were uh, infighting in among white folks. There was an older Clint Eastwood and his friend Morgan Freeman, a black free man. Clint, a um, bad guy turned good, like a murderous gunslinger who becomes a pig farmer and raises a family and moves into a town and uh, does, a, does a, a just homicide, if you will, um, finds himself in contest with Gene Hackman. I know I'm oversharing, but I'm getting there. <laughs> he finds himself uh, in contest with Gene Hackman who literally kicks him uh, out of the town uh, the bad guys kill Morgan Freeman. Clint puts back on his murderous, I can shoot him up personality and goes back to the town and kills the people that kill his friend. Okay, it was violent. And there's a news reporter in the bar. Who did you shoot first? He wanted to know. Hmm. Why? Well, because it's been said that you always take out the baddest one. You always take out the fastest shooting one. You always get the strong one first. You bind the strong one. And then the rest is easier. So Mark is not writing a Western but his narrative about Jesus is filled with stock characters, my drama people, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Of course, Jesus is the good one. The whole story, the whole gospel is called the good news of Jesus Christ, the son of God. He has come not to the West, but to the wildness, to the wilderness, to the wilderness of empire. He has come to kick a little empire behind. The good news of Jesus, the good news of Jesus is about cleaning up the wildness, cleaning up the wilderness, taming the wildness, if you will. The good news of Jesus is about making bad news for the status quo. His ministry is an attack on the prevailing social order and his ministry of preaching and healing and compassion is in the context of dismantling empire everywhere he sees it. Jesus has come to fulfill the prophecy of Isaiah. Those captive to the mighty will be retaken. The prey of the strong will be rescued. That's what Jesus is talking about. And it's in a synagogue in Capernaum where the contest begins. You might remember that I preached that story a few months ago. There's a demon hanging out in the synagogue just comfortable, just chilling, right there in the middle of the synagogue in the religious place where religion should be, where connection should be, where people are being bound to spirit and bound to each other, 
where reconnecting and holiness should be, the demon is just chilling, not even hiding, in broad daylight. The demon sees Jesus and calls him by name, which in those days was name calling, doing the dozens. I see you, Jesus. I know who you are. And what do you have to do with us? Jesus kicks some demon behind and puts them out of the synagogue and then tells them to hush their mouth. And it's on, it's on. It's the kingdom of Rome versus the kingdom of God. Jesus breaks all the rules, offering hope to the outcasts, touching the lepers, hanging out with the sinners, accepting hospitality from those nobody wants, delivering healing on the Sabbath, thereby breaking the law. Now, that's some blasphemy. But this next little bit, you heard it read, Jesus is downright scandalous. He tells a parable about binding the strong man. He compares himself to a thief breaking into a house and having to bind the strong man that's in the house in order to take what's, what belongs to him, in order to, to, to liberate what's in the house. Jesus says, I got to bind the strong man. And when I do that, my accomplice is the Holy Spirit. Scandalous. In his book, Binding the Strong Man, Chet Myers writes, quote, Jesus spins a parable so shocking. It not only polarizes the political climate, but provokes a rift with family and friends. You heard it. You heard it read. Jesus's mama and brothers and sisters are outside in the courtyard. They think Jesus has lost his mind. Jesus, come on, come on from out of there. The next part of the story is Jesus in this conversation with the Pharisees about, this, about the strong man. And then, you know, who are my mother and sister and brothers? It's the people who do the will of God. Let me go back to the quote. He compares himself to a thief breaking into a house of a strong man whom he intends to bind and whose captives he intends to liberate. And his accomplice is the Holy Spirit, the very spirit of God herself. I'm here to say this morning, y'all, there is a strong man in our house. There are demons in the church. There are demons in Christianity. There are strong men masquerading inside Christianity, white, evangelical, Republican, you name it, Democrats, folks who are so convinced that their whiteness and is rightness, that their religion is, is the code of God herself. They are anti-Semitic, they are anti-Muslim, they are anti-gay, they are anti-poor, they are anti-Black, and they are anti-Christ. Hear me when I tell you. How do we see evidence of this? Just scan the media. Watch the police march down the street, not in a parade of peace, but with their bikes and their shields and their guns as weapons. Against what? Against humanity, against gathering. Watch the systemic dismantling of voting rights designed to take us back to Jim Crow. Watch the rich become richer and conscribe the poor to more poverty. And watch even 
lower middle class people vote for those folks because somehow they magically think that the wealth is going to trickle down to them. Watch and pay attention to the wholesale lying. The wholesale lying masquerading as truth from people who claim to be people of faith. Critical race theory will make your white children feel embarrassed to be white. January 6th was a peaceful protest. In fact, would you have known there was any trouble by the, by the way they speak? The filibuster is meant to protect minorities. And on and on it goes. And pretty soon, we, we, who believe in freedom, who know we can't rest till it comes, hear so much in our ears, have our, have our hearts broken so deeply, we feel paralyzed. And we begin to think it's not politic and it's not polite to speak the truth back to it. Maybe there's a way to get around this critical race theory thing. Maybe we won't have to call it that. No, we have to call it that. We have to teach our young white children, if they're going to save us and save the world, that whiteness has been a huge problem in the United States, and they're the ones who have to fix it. No, January 6th was not a peaceful protest. And if we let an insurrection stand like that without demanding that our electeds do something about it, we are sending this democracy to hell or letting it stay where it already is. I'm telling you this morning that we are the ones we've been waiting for to take down the strong man. How will we do it? Well, not that Denzel Washington is a theologian, but I love the way he says, some people will never like you because your spirit irritates their demons. Our spirit in collusion with the spirit of God has to irritate what is demonic. We have choices to make. We have behavior to change. We have words to say. We have things to do. To follow Jesus is not a theoretical project. To follow Jesus is to make people angry. They will not like us when we speak the truth. They might disown us when we come out for love. We ourselves will be uncomfortable because aren't you just tired of saying the same thing over and over and over again? But that dis-ease is what we need in order to heal the disease of injustice in these United States. Conflict will happen when we speak the truth of fierce love. We will be demanding, and I'm sorry, Paul, you're wrong. Paul says love does not insist on its own way. Oh, hell yes, it does. Love insists on love, period. We need to exercise our gifts of talk. We need to use our talent of speech. We need to use our powers of influence. We need to take ourselves to the streets and to the polls so that we can make America the reign of God on earth. Our God is calling us, our Christ is calling us, our rabbi Jesus is calling us, and by nature of our child of Godness, this is our work. We have to liberate the people who are in bondage to the strong men. And friends, we even have to liberate the strong men that might be inside us. You know what I mean. You know how there can be that buzzing in your ear where you're sort of like, I don't know. I'm all for
for LGBT. I'm all for I'm all for queer people, but I don't understand trans. Hear that buzzing in your ear? Do you need to understand trans to love trans? If you do, read, talk to a friend. But God understands trans because God created trans and God loves trans. So if we're going to be with God, then we got to love trans, and that's the way it goes, and that's how it is. Hear that buzzing in your ear? Maybe there is too much talk about race. Well, aren't we post-race? Or if I say that one more time at the dinner table, won't my people just sort of be annoyed with me? Yes, 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 they'll be annoyed with you. I want to share this worship because the gospel choir is singing so well. But if we share Jackie's bossy sermon, maybe somebody won't feel comfortable. I hope they don't feel comfortable. I hope that your friends don't feel comfortable. I hope that my friends don't feel comfortable. I I live in a family system in which my queerness is sometimes patted on the head. What, What I mean by my queerness is the way I stand for queer people. Oh, that's so sweet. God love you. God bless you. You're so, you just love the unlovable. No, I love the ones God loves because this is what God's doing in the world. And I'm trying to be on board. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's buzzing in the ear. There's buzzing in the air. And our job, our job is to bind the strong man of injustice and hatred and stand up for love, to come out for love. My friend, my beautiful, black, queer, amazing friend, Reverend Angel Kyoto Williams says it this way. I grew up queer before I knew what it was to be called queer even. We were still supposed to shape shift in and out of who we really are. My decision to be out, to decide I had to be truly myself was my doorway to awakening spiritually. And as a fully embodied human being, everything I know about liberation, I learned from queerness. That from her book, Radical Dharma. She says that the rainbow has come to be a symbol of gayness, then the LGBT community, then queerness writ large. But she thinks of it as a revelation of our humanity, that we don't fit neatly inside any boxes or categories, but we must exist and thrive along a spectrum that is both defined enough to recognize the light of people refracting differently and blended enough to know that where color, gender, sexual orientation, et cetera, begins and where one ends is not hard to grasp when you allow life to be as it is. She says, finally, I haven't meant to be out as much as I have refused to be in. And I wish that for everyone. She refuses to be in, in bondage, in a box, in a typecast, in a cage of injustice. She refuses to be in, in closets of ideology and fake Christianity. She refuses to be in where inheritance and imposition and imposturing keeps us from being free. She refuses to be in any place where someone's not free. It's too much to imagine that we will settle as people of faith for this fake, horrifically evil, mean, spirited, rotten, selfish culture in a so-called Christian nation. Condoleezza Rice this morning said, "I, I, I just don't use structural racism anymore because I don't know what it means. Really? I know what it means. 
And I know that we're called to dismantle it. That's our calling, middle family. That's our job, middle family. To work at the intersections where poverty and gender and sexuality and race and ethnicity collude to tie God's people up in a knot of injustice. We who believe in freedom. Free ourselves from the buzzings in our ear. Free ourselves from our biases and prejudices. Free ourselves from our fears so we can free God's people and love the hell out of this nation. I pray freedom. I pray liberation. I pray love, the fiercest love, the boldest love that might cause us some pain on the way to the reign of God on earth. May it be so. Amen.